Morena, God is good, yeah? I am a little excited because I know what's coming. Uh, and there's a lot of good. Um, I want to kick us off. This week, forgive me this morning if I yawn a little bit. This week, Alfano did the Waikere Moana Great Walk, um, which was amazing. It was really good. Um, this photo here is... Um, this is on the water taxi on our last day, so I'm catching the taxi back across and I can see this and I'm talking to the guy in the boat and he says, yeah, um, on the left hand side that's where you started your first day and then over there is approximately where the hut was that you made it to on that first day. And I was just, I couldn't speak. I was like, really? <laughs> like me and my family? Um, the, amazing, the cool thing is none of us saw that before we started. Because we would have had some mutinies. We would have had some, no way, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, to be honest, the photo doesn't appreciate the scale of it. Um, when you're there and you just see how big that is. Um, but the, the beauty of it is, it's like, so the first day, it was cloudy. So we couldn't actually see too far ahead of us, which again probably helped. Um, you just start walking. And you just take step by step. This morning we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1. This is like kind of our lead into Christmas. The journey to put our faith in God can seem like a mountain that is beyond us. My prayer this morning is that you'll be encouraged to take your next step and just to keep going step by step. So Luke chapter 1, before we kick into the scripture, I, just, I want us to understand the context a little bit, just to appreciate what's going on. The whole Old Testament in the Bible is the story of God pursuing his people, Israel. Making promises to them of, of a great future, of billions of descendants. Promises of a throne that never ends. We see Abraham and Sarah in the beginning of it, down to Isaac and Jacob, down to Moses and Aaron, and Aaron who was the father of all of Israel's priests, all descended from Aaron. Then King David and his descendants. And then we see the prophets, and we see the, the promises from God, and we see their warnings against straying away from God. Throughout the Old Testament, God is speaking to his people. And in the silence, for 400 years, there was no record of God speaking. Ever felt like it's been a while since you've heard from God? For 400 years, Israel was trying to work out their faith and be faithful and hearing nothing. And then we come to Luke 1. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used their eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Two things just to pick up from that introductory little uh, four verses. First, so Luke is the author. Uh, he is a doctor, and he, he works as a historian. 
So what he's looking to do is, is gather the information and give us the facts in a clear and orderly, understandable way. He's not someone who's going to be getting all excited and kind of blowing things out of proportion. We're going to be getting the factual account from Luke. Second thing to be aware of the person he's writing this to is, is a man called Theophilus. Now he is not a Jew, but he's a Gentile. He is a foreigner to the Israelite faith like us. And Luke is writing so that he can be certain of his faith. Let's pray. Eh? Father, thank you for this chance this morning to look at your word. Thank you for Luke and this book that he has written. Lord, as we look at the first chapter today, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. Help us to be certain of our faith. Help us to know with certainty who you are and what this is all about. Speak to us, Lord, we pray, and move in us. May your spirit be here and move in us and draw us to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Okay, so what are we going to be doing this morning? So this is the start of the Christmas story. Um, now Christmas is absolutely something to celebrate. Okay, the Old Testament is like there's a whole load of festivals and celebrations and it, it's full of fun and excitement and Christmas is there. So um, accordingly, this morning we're going to celebrate Christmas with some lolly scrambles. So what's happening as we read through Luke chapter 1, there's some things that I want us to be listening out for. And when you hear them, then start yelling because then your banker will start throwing some lollies in your direction. <laughs> so here, you guys are looking out for the Holy Spirit. Anytime the Holy Spirit appears, then make a noise and Nick will be thrown into a collection of lollies this way. Okay? You guys, so up to Liz's row, your theme is going to be um, mention of a promise fulfilled. So somewhere historically God has promised something and in the scripture it talks about how that promise is now coming to be. So you guys are looking for that and Dan will throw the lollies, whatever's left. Hopefully we get there soon. Uh, now down the back you guys have got two different things you're looking for. You're looking for an angel and you're looking for like an outpouring of praise where someone is just praising and praising with their words for what God has done. Cool? So praise and an angel, promise fulfilled and the Holy Spirit. Okay, Luke chapter 1. Let's get going. When Herod was the king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. I like how he added very. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. One interesting thing to note, for a priest... They could only ever be chosen once in their life to do this job. 
only once ever in their life could they be chosen for this job. Now, yeah, where was I? Okay, while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. <laughs> the angel's here. One thing I want us to recognize as the angel turns up, we're familiar with the Christmas story. And these little cute pictures of donkeys and things and angels. And, but it's easy to some extent for it to feel like fiction. Like angels. How many people have seen angels? But the reality is some have. Uh, we had a testimony a couple of weeks ago of a lady seeing an angel. Bridget saw an angel approximately 30 years ago. Oh, not me. <laughs> It wasn't even set up. <laughs> uh, Bridget was at a hot water beach and went to find a friend and an angel appeared over the water. Completely terrified at this stage. Angel appears here to Zechariah. Don't let the uh, cute Christmas angels mess with your head in this situation. Angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. No more chocolates again, I'm just reading the same thing. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. But he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, keep something that's coming out four times. So there you go. This baby is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit before his birth. And he will turn many, many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. I have to pause there. Like the dude's standing in front of an angel, and yet he's struggling to believe what he said. It's not like his next door neighbors come over and told him he's going to have a kid. There's an angel standing in front of you, man. But who's ever struggled with doubt? Trusting everything that God says, believing that He is real, believing that He is there. And we're in good company with Zechariah, a man who's described as being righteous before God, doubts the words of an angel standing in front of him. We'll see through this passage that 
there are different consequences for doubt and faith. So we're encouraged to have faith. But we also see God is gracious with us all. The angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you don't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until a child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. <laughs> Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and she went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she explained. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth months, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A village in Galilee. To a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Brief thing to reflect on. You may or may not be aware of this, but um, in the age, in this time, basically, girls got engaged when they were just coming through puberty. So she was engaged, not yet married. So the, basically, most people agree she was probably between 12 and 14. Um, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That is a promise fulfilled. Where's the promise fulfilled, people? (laughs) It's the gift that keeps on giving. Mary Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now a little note the difference between Zechariah's response and Mary's. Zechariah was like, surely not. Kind of a a sense with his words. Whereas Mary's just a, how? It's not so much a doubt, but just, I'm confused. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come on you. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Josh. 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you. No, not again. <laughs> and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, you know, the very old one, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son and she is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Yay! Yeah, let's all yay that one. Throw some lollies around. <laughs> nothing is impossible with God. Now a few days later, Mary hurried. I like just pausing and imagining the situation. Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, <laughs> God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. <laughs> Very good. Promise fulfilled. <laughs> Very good. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. We have some praise lollies down the back. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things and he sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Where's the promise for food crew? Yeah. <laughs> we are... <laughs> We're about three quarters of the way through the passage. Um, yeah. <laughs> These guys are right out. But just on reflection of Mary's moment of praise and worship. We're going to pause and praise together. Um, we're going to have a song and just turn our eyes and just reflect on what has been happening here in the space that Mary is in, of just 
recognizing the faithfulness and the goodness of God. With Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight years old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? they exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Where's our praise crew? All used up? <laughs> you can still give a yay and imagine lollies. <laughs> yeah, the motivation's gone. And we still got lollies. Oh, we still got lollies over here. The Holy Spirit's waiting. Or fell upon the whole neighborhood. Imagine the gossip. This very old lady has just given birth. They gave him a strange name. And Zechariah, who's been mute, and basically it looks like probably deaf, because they had to make signs to speak to him, instantly is speaking. Word is going around, like, what is going on here? All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Where's our praise crew? <laughs> Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has visited and redeemed His people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of His servant David, just as He promised through His holy prophets long ago. Well done. <laughs> now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. The covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, as he turns to John, will be called the prophet of the Most High. Because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation. How? Would it be through a mighty army ruler who brings salvation to Israel? Or if we think about it in our context, will it be through better behavior, doing the right things? You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness 
in the the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Just a little reflection on the end part there. It's important for us as, as we're taking this in and just rejoicing in what God has done and just the the such visible dynamic ways in which he has entered the world in this moment. But just to reflect too, the greatest oppressor in all of our lives is our own sin. It's not our government, it's not the people around us. The greatest oppressor in our own lives is our own sin. And our greatest need is forgiveness. To be freed from that sin. Through mercy, we get light, which enables us to see. It's not earned. And through mercy, we are guided to peace. It's not earned from our behavior. Final verse, John grew up and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry. To Israel. The next part of the story will be next week when Carl brings it. <laughs> I want us just to pause and just pause our hearts, pause our focus a little bit, and just with Zechariah, just be in a space of praise, be in a space of appreciating all that God has done here. With this morning, we've led into this Christmas story. And with the story that is filled with the Holy Spirit, with an angel, with promises fulfilled and with praise. God is so, so good. And He is so, so faithful. As we approach this Christmas, I want to encourage us, let us wow at God. Wow at God with Elizabeth and with Mary and with Zechariah. Just wow. Let us also just consider our current position before God. This is a great chance for us just to examine our hearts and respond to God as we need to. Are we in a zone? Are we in a time? Are we in a space of doubt like Zechariah? Or are we choosing to surrender to faith like Mary and say, Lord, I am your servant, every part of me? I want to encourage you this morning to take a step. That's how all great journeys happen. Take a step. If you've been on the journey for a while but you're finding yourself stuck with some doubts, take a step in faith. I invite you this morning to surrender to faith in God. To be prayed for. And for people to pray for the filling of the Spirit. If you um, would like that time of that prayer and just to say, Lord, I need to surrender more, I want to give more, then I encourage you to stand. Encourage you to stand now. Uh, and if you are in a space where you're at peace with God uh, and you, you're not feeling the need to stand there, I encourage you to pray for any who stand around you. Please, if you're in that space and you're thinking now, 
I want to, I want to follow Mary's example from where I am because of whatever reasons you personally are thinking that. Then I encourage you now to stand.